0: Ciao! You're listening to Ed Up Insights, where you'll get my take on higher education. I'm Bill Pappicello, former president of University of Phoenix and Higher Ed Vagabond. So let's get started. Well, podcastees, today I want to talk about continuing education. You may know it as professional development, adult education, extension courses, lifelong learning, or workforce development but I call it continuing education, and it's one of the most important alternate pathways for students to gain the skills and knowledge necessary to compete in today's workforce. Now, I discussed in earlier podcasts, uh, numbers five and six, that there exist repositories of Truncated academic curricula, training, and credentials like badges and licenses and certificates and short-term programs. Uh, and they're not traditional degree programs, but they do provide alternate ways for students to access education community uh, opportunities that can further their personal and professional development. But too often, these repositories are, are sort of like your junk drawer at home. There's lots of non-degree stuff thrown into a heap for people to rummage through looking for what they need. Now, some of the most common types of courses offered under the moniker of continuing education would be professional development, that is, courses that help individuals develop uh, and improve skills in their current profession, like management, leadership, communication skills. Uh, There are also trade and industry-specific uh, Curricula. These are courses that would cater to specific industries and trades in healthcare construction, construction technology. Uh, there are creative and personal enrichment courses that will foster personal growth and creativity, like photography and painting and cooking. Um, there are uh, courses in computer and technology, things that focus on uh, new software and hardware and other technology related uh, topics there are some language and culture courses that may teach new languages or uh, you know have cultural indoctrinations um, you know, spanish and french and mandarin or come to mind and uh, there are also things that are academic and career uh, advancement focused courses that help individuals further their career goals maybe things like courses in finance, and marketing, and accounting. Now, having said all this, as you see, there's, there's a hodgepodge of stuff there. I am now going to recant a previous podcast episode where I argue that words are not magic. I said, you know, calling a dog a horse doesn't alter the reality. But in the case of higher ed, Calling something continuing education seems to place it in a category that implies that it is not as rigorous or well-developed as the mainstream university curriculum. Now, many of these programs are not recognized as valid by accrediting agencies, so they don't get financial aid, for example. Many only go through institutional approval processes or sometimes no approval process at all and i admit they have been part of all of those over the years so in this way continuing education of all kinds is often looked at as you know informal and one off uh, education as it were so even the terminology for the recognition of successful completion of continuing ed curriculum makes the distinction between academics and continuing ed that is continuing ed units and academic credits. So again, words make the difference. So as students look for alternative uh, pathways in education, ways to enrich themselves and their communities, how can we harness the energy and the potential of continuing education divisions, which are are rich in content, so that they can both complement degree offerings and get Equal recognition as quality products. Well, first, we have to organize the junk drawers. So, you know, uh, continuing is where you go to take dance lessons and cooking courses. Oh, and you can also pick up certificates in things like accounting. Really? Yep. Or you can renew your H.R. credential. Are you sure? Uh Uh-huh. You just have to sort through the hodgepodge of things that institutions dump into the continuing education division. And good luck with that. Now, according to the American Council on Education, continuing education units, which would include classes like accounting, ballroom, dancing, photography, are not college level courses and are not equivalent in credit to other degree level classes. Therefore, continuing education units cannot go towards earning you a college degree, even though these classes may be held on a college campus and the course could be taught by a college professor. So, step one, let's sort out professional and strictly personal development courses. A certificate in ballroom dancing is clearly not the same as one in accounting, and it's clearly not difficult to distinguish between these two types of instructions. So they don't need to be lumped into one category. Now, as for professional, uh, professional continuing education courses, um, you know, that serve to renew or enhance workplace effectiveness, continuing education courses can help with that, offering these non-degree courses for businesses within the community. Now, again, this is an easy distinction uh, that we're making here. So step two then is to go on to the institutional infrastructure. Continuing education operations are often located in separate institutional divisions, often with a separate business model and and, uh, and and separate faculty, as well as a curriculum that may or may not align with the mainstream university curriculum. Why? Well, back to the stigma of the continuing education label. So, Cut it out and tie the continuing education curriculum to the regular curriculum. It's good for the students. It's good for the institutions. It makes it easier also, uh, in a step that we won't talk about today, to get accreditors on board if we see that the same quality content is used in various contexts. That way, we could get accreditors away from our restrictions and get them focused on the quality of the content being provided. Now, to be sure, some institutions are making strides. The University of Southern New Hampshire and Western Governors, for instance, and some of, uh, some of the partnerships out there like Purdue Global. But progress, progress in this area of aligning continuing education that in, and professional education with mainstream curriculum is slow and somewhat on uneven. Now, interestingly, non-traditional adult learning providers are now also entering the field because a lot of continuing education is focused on adult uh, learners. Now, some of these new providers that are coming on the scene are major corporations that offer curriculum designed to meet their own needs Some are purpose-built companies that see opportunities for business success in serving adult learners. Uh, In other words, they can make money at it. Um, Now, and the best among these are sometimes acquired by traditional providers. Now, others like Google or YouTube are beginning to break out on their own. Uh Uh-oh, So let's come back for a minute to uh, who the audience is here. Now, and if it's adult learners, we need to take some things into consideration. Adult learning principles, and again, these are central to much of continuing education, are not new and are built on a a foundation established many years ago uh, by pioneers in the field called uh, andragogy people like Malcolm Knowles, and then his theories were implemented by pioneers like John Sperling at the University of Phoenix. Now, we also know that adult learners are more consumer-like in their educational choices, and they balance the demands of their time and resources with the return on investment uh, from education providers. Adult learners have benefited and are attracted to online delivery and flexibility. And you know, they don't significantly need or use the resources created to support undergraduate students. This they don't go to the, to the pub um, on Thursday nights. Um, and they are particularly interested in the extracurriculars associated with the undergraduate experience. So here's where the culture shift for the academic structure in higher education needs to come about. Institutions will need to make space for the continuing ed units and allow them to take the lead in areas where they can benefit from the growth in um, adult learning. Institutions need to better embrace and integrate this value. You need to let the, the continuing education units function as internal entrepreneurs, those who can work within the structure of the established institutions and take that that content, that structure, and make it complement what already exists. Alternately, there are, there are a lot of benefits that continuing education units will gain if with a, from a stronger partnership with their institutions. Things like brand, uh, certainly technology, and some kind of administrative and support functions. And, of course, central to all of this is subject matter expertise, because ultimately it comes down to content and how that content is delivered. And institutions must be able to leverage um, both the continuing education and mainstream curriculum. This is a win-win situation. Now, the growing list of competitors in this field that I referenced is going to lack many of the important advantages that higher education possesses. Now, at the same time, universities and continuing education divisions can benefit from their experience in serving adult learners while taking lessons from the business competitors who are coming into the arena, um, to develop a, a business, uh, model, uh, delivery capacity, marketing, um, analytics, and learning, uh, better, uh, service strategies. So what's the solution here? Well, one place to look is the credential engine model, um, that I discuss in episode 34, uh, where there's a single repository of curriculum, now differentiated to be sure, but all available in one place for the convenience of students and ultimately the convenience of employers. And ultimately that means uh, the the institutions. The credential engine model gives us an internal level playing field. Because if you have a single repository of subject-based curricula of all kinds, with a recognition that ballroom dancing has a place in that repository, just not right next to accounting, you are making great progress. If we could get that far, I would argue that we can then get accreditors on board because if accreditors can recognize a a consistency in quality of all kinds of curricula, because the curricula in the mainstream and continuing ed are related, they're going to be able to divorce uh, divorce themselves from the the essence of quantity here uh, in credit hours, uh, for example, and look at the quality of the curriculum, regardless of the length uh, and Judge it more in terms of its enrichment of the student and the uh, institution. Okay, I'm exhausted. So with that, uh, I'm going to get off my soapbox and invite you to listen in to the next exciting episode. Ciao.